What's up, RSL Nation? It's your boys Adele, Adele. and the Baker. Ooh, da-na-na, I think the Baker. And now we're gonna get sued because I did that. Oh yeah, Sports Center. You did what? Da-na-na, da-na-na. I'm feeling very Sports Centery. I'm gonna do a Sports Center impersonation. Getting sued by Sports Sports Center would be like pretty awesome. Right up to the point where I got to give them everything I own. Uh, you know what? I would prefer losing a lawsuit against. Sport. No, that's just, not how Sports Center does it. Let's though. just keep it as a, at a cease and desist letter. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. They will send that first. Right. Which, fun story. Fun fact. Not our first cease and desist letter. I'm glad you said that. Tell them. Tell them how it is. So I think this was what four, five, six, seven years ago. It's a lifetime. You have to remember why we started this page. Well, I started the page. Like You did start the page. What was that? Ten years ago? No, maybe like eight years ago? Yeah. It's been a while. I don't know. It's been a hot minute. I I was a big user of Facebook at that time. So was every other human being on Earth? But here's the thing. I was a late adopter to Facebook. You were. I remember that. I think I created my first Facebook account in like 2010. 09, 010. Right? Okay. But at that point, Facebook was old news already. I was still, I was hanging on to MySpace. So finally created the Facebook account. I was like, oh my God, this is pretty cool, actually. All your people are there. What was I trying to hold back against? And then I started talking about the stuff I actually like to talk about on the Facebook. Because mm-hmm. I've treated it like a blog. And all I talked about was like RSL. Right. And people just got sick of it. Like my friends. Right, family. Uh, yeah, family. <laughs> most or many overseas like oh, what the hell are you talking like you know who's rsl so i created this page pages where i think still a pretty new thing at that point just right. to talk rsl soccer right and i think i created the page and there was like four of us for like a month and it was awesome we just yeah. talked soccer and and then it just kind of snowballed from there Right, and the next thing you know, it's like a hundred people. I remember when we reached like three hundred. It's like, oh crap, we got worldwide reach, bro. We're going international. This is gonna, this is gonna be pretty crazy. So, anyway, sometime around like two or three thousand people following us, uh-huh. we get this weird message. It was a Facebook message through Messenger at hmm. that point. Later, it turned into emails as well but it was it started as a facebook message and it was basically a season desist letter not from rsl directly but from a law firm that represents or represented at that point major league soccer sometimes it'd be like that and they asked questions like are you affiliated with the team they obviously knew the answer right but i actually answered them like no and just to be clear, we say this usually once a year. Mm-hmm. No we have affiliation to say it once a year. with the team. We have to say it once a year because about once a year, uh-huh. we have enough new people that didn't get the message previously. Right. And we get, I mean, well, we get messages from people trying to join the team. Yeah, th- like legitimately, <laughs> like it's terrifying. Like I pop on and it's like, you've got a message from some kid in like, you know, some town I can't pronounce in the UK. 
he's like, hey man, you know, played academy, really like to like try out. It's like, dude, I don't know, yeah. I don't even know who to put you in contact with. Yeah, here's the general contact page for RSL, yeah. and go go from there, right? But we had this, and, and they said th- this was right around the time when we actually, you know, started making some noise, mm-hmm. and and I think started voicing opinions opposite of others. And, and they asked us, basically, they they told us to stop using the RSL name. In no indirect terms. Right. So that's that's when I started using the phrase scarf life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, I, I think they thought we were actually making money on this. No, no, I've lost. Oh my God. Point, hundreds of dollars. Hundreds. Even the scarves we did, I'm still in the hole. It was never meant to be something to make money on. This right. is, this is, this is something we kick it over. Like we have some beers and, and we buy season tickets and we go and we pay i think we figured out last year that our money. our cost of alcohol yeah. at the game actually is two to three times higher than the season tickets we pay and the tracks and the tracks and the transportation tracks, and all that all that other stuff back combined with alcohol so yeah more than so we did have this little run in and and i remember i still remember this was actually a catalyst for like extreme growth after that I think because um, it was still me at that point. I think you weren't there. Were you on already? I can't I, remember. I think I, was, I was like right around that time. here and there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the guy said, uh, "Yeah, we we might need you to change your name." So I went on the website and I said, "All right, we just got a letter from the legal team of Major League Soccer, and we might have to change our name because we're not stopping this. This is awesome. This is fun." Right. And within minutes, there were like dozens of people writing first of all how that's stupid right how pages like ours help build the culture and the fan base and all that stuff but then also a bunch of lawyers volunteered right to crazy, help us <laughs> crazy overlap between rsl fans and people with law degrees yeah there were at least in that particular case and i remember it wasn't even like more than Three four hours later, the guy writes us back. He's like, right, "I saw what you posted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why don't you just go ahead and continue doing what you're doing? Just be careful." And I wrote, "No, no, no. I need you to write me and say right. that I'm okay to continue using the name. I'm not gonna use the logo. Right. I'm not gonna. You know, not, not, I'm gonna. We're gonna make sure people understand we're not part of the team. But he finally wrote back saying, "Okay." There it is. <laughs> oh, the fun things we do. How did we get into this topic? It was an intro for Cease and Assist Letters. Oh, yeah. No, I no, no. Forgot. no, no, no. There it is. Um, all I'm saying is, well, for a fun little fact of RSL Nation mm-hmm. history for you uh, people who didn't know that. And if you're having a legal pinch, just reach out to the nation. Apparently we'll, a ton of lawyers just hanging out, waiting for stuff to do. It was just, it was so encouraging. Uh, it was, it, it got a little discouraging just before then right because you're like why does the team care about me doing this it's not like we're making money right we're not infringing on anyone's trademark though our logo at that time had the art real salt lake logo embedded within it mm-hmm. but that that was changed to so which, that, that was part that was part of that big change so okay we got to get rid of this because and also start creating a secondary name that's where the whole scarf like scarf life Mm-hmm. thing came from know your history know your history Arsenal no, Nation know your history KYH alright well I mean with that 
a little bit of trivia out of the way. Mm. I say we just jump into that one zero. And what day is this? This is Tuesday, man. Oh yeah, right? definitely Tuesday. Should we tell the people when we're actually recording this? It's Saturday night, right yeah. after the game. So yeah. what happened is, quickie, bam! You should have listened to it. It was ten to fifteen minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. Like fourteen minutes and 52 seconds so literally a quickie just drop a little knowledge we'll be t- expanding on a lot of those points but if you haven't listened to it already go listen to it it's the episode before this one fun uh, fact did you know our podcast is available on nine different outlets nine different outlets folks you'll find it somewhere um yeah i mean let's just get right into the game and i think you know i've i've had a little time to unwind and kind of Look up some stuff, if you will, and get some information. Um, and, uh, like, I was looking at, at the stats of the game, and our, we weren't outplayed okay. by any stretch so of the So, before you keep going, for those people mm-hmm. who listened to the post-match quickie, yes. are you correcting yourself from something you said in the last one? What did I say in the last one? That we were outplayed and we in no way, shape, or form deserved to walk out of there with a point. No, no, no. I still think that's true. I didn't say we were outplayed. I said Seattle was the better team. And I still think Seattle was the better team. Do you believe that we should we deserve, quote-unquote, and we mentioned that Mike Petke quote in that episode, mm-hmm. that he's sick of having to say that we deserve more than we get? And so are we. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But do you think we deserve more than zero points? Uh, I still have a hard time saying we deserve more than zero points just because you okay. got to finish your Fair. chances. But from a from a, I think what I'm saying is we weren't eclipsed by a much more talented team. Right. I think we were eclipsed by a team that played better. Yes. But strictly talent wise, we hung in there with arguably one of the best teams in the West, in my opinion. Probably the hottest team next to LAFC. Right in the league, I, I gotta you know I'm I try to be a realist when it comes to the world, but I gotta look at that and, and say you know that's that's a little optimistic, uh, or or a sign to be something optimi- to be optimistic about something down the line. So like, yeah, uh, shots, eleven to our uh, thirteen, on target. Seattle had three. We had four shots on target, like. Things bounce the different way. We're talking about a totally different game here. Um, shots blocked, four to four. Uh, possession, fifty-five to forty-four. You know, passing accuracy. Neither team was exceptionally great. I think where you see some of the discrepancy was in corners. They had eleven, we had one. They did have a lot of corners. But overall, it's we weren't you know a minnow trying to punch above their weight class. It's we were in the first half, I think. I thought. Sure, but it's a 90-minute game. Yeah. You know, and I and I think there's something worth latching onto there. I agree. I absolutely, absolutely agree there. We played one of, if not the best teams in the West. Right. This is... Their worst performance so far this year mm-hmm. was a tie. Right. Away. One. A- away from home. Tie. Yeah. Yep. Literally a tie. And I thought we came literally an inch shy of getting another tie at their house, on turf, in a tough environment, down a very important player. Overall, 
also considering, look, if this is October, I don't care, right? If this is October, I want points, nothing else. But this being the sixth game of the year, on the road, on the turf, dealing with everything we're dealing, especially maybe after seeing the first 45, and especially, especially the first like 30 of the first 45, I cannot be overly upset. Now, come October, we know how this league works. Right. Some teams who have had horrible starts over the years actually went on and won the whole thing and looked like totally different teams later on in the year. So we won't care that we showed okayness. We, we, the only thing that will matter is whether we get points or not. And we didn't get points. Definitely. So there's that. But I can't be any happier walking away from a game with no points than the game tonight. That's that's very fair. And I, for what it's worth, I'm you know, I'm not walking away like man, that was a, that was awful. It it was we finished with eleven guys. There's improvement right there for the first time in what is it four games? That's you know that's impressive. I think every game this year, if I remember DJ's quote, every single game this year, we either had a red card or a penalty. That's not true. That's what he said. Houston, no. Vancouver, no. Vancouver, we had a penalty. We oh okay, you're just saying we yeah yeah there, there was, was a, a in, in the game there was a penalty or oh. a red card. Yeah, maybe I, that I I can try to remember who got the red card in Houston. It must must be one of their guys, or one of our guys like really late. Anyway, um, well speaking about cards, yesterday our cell nation collectively hit something of a panic button. And, and so, like, it, it's kind of funny. I think uh, Dunny summarizes pretty well. And I forget one of the many things that of his that I watched throughout the week. And so, like, you know, we have the DC United game, and it's, oh, Severino's unfortunate to get the red. Uh, we have the, you know, the, the mirror headbutt, and it's like, man, that guy's flopping that. Or, no, 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 sorry. Um, we have the uh, the Portillo kind of elbow thing, and it's like, man, yeah. that, was, that was soft. That should, you know, like, there's, it didn't feel like yeah. a thing. And all of a sudden, Demir does the headbutt, and you know, at home, mm-hmm. we're down a man in the like twentieth minute or something. That was stupid. That was dumb. But all of a sudden, the narrative went from individual silly mistakes to RSL has a discipline problem. Petke's lost control of his, you know, hmm. team. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a quick transition. Like you can, if you go on Twitter and you scroll far enough and you look up the right keywords, you can see the gap of. These are individual errors that are not systematic to all of a sudden, boom, we have RSL has a discipline problem. Mm-hmm. What do you let, think? Let me that? challenge you on one thing first. Mm-hmm. People who think that RSL players suddenly and collectively getting red cards could potentially mean that RSL has a discipline problem are probably correct. However, People who think that individual players suddenly, collectively, and regularly getting red cards is a sign of Mike Petke having lost the team mm-hmm. are completely incorrect. Those two don't go together. I think if I was playing for Mike Petke, and I'm usually a pretty cool, calm, and collected dude, usually, I'd be getting about three red cards a year. Because I think Mike Petke's coaching style 
and just kind of approach to soccer equals some red cards. So people getting passionate and worked up and into the game and all those other things that can sometimes lead to negative consequences is not a sign of people are not buying into Mike Petke. I think it could be a sign of people buying too much into Mike Petke. I mean, I was ready to start some fist fights with random dudes after hearing some of his post game interviews. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready after most post games. He's he's a motivator. I he's, see what that, you mean. That is what he does. I just don't think so. Losing discipline and losing the team. No, I, I sure to what and I and I I shouldn't have. Th- I threw that in there at the end. I shouldn't have done that. I, that was extra language on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, but but definitely, I mean, you you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort to you know see okay we've gotten a ton of reds in a row to all of a sudden go well clearly there's you know it's indicative of a larger problem then i see a i see the seattle game and there's almost like a i don't want to say an overcorrection in the other way but did i noticed an abundance of phenomenal sportsmanship on rsl's part you know, guys are like helping get Seattle players okay. off the ground. Everton's, I'm, you know, giving high fives. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned it. If I may, for a second, you may. I think that's Everton's spiel. I, I think the only reason, not the only reason, uh-huh. but one of the, one of the only reasons Everton manages to ever finish a game, right, is because he's got that gamesmanship, right? He'll knock you on your ass uh-huh. and then help you up. I don't think that's true. And he I, literally got a card for tapping it on the back of the head because okay, he thought okay. he went down too easily. All right, so it but, felt very new. So when uh, uh, let me rephrase, I think when Everton helps you up, uh-huh. he knows he knocks you down. Right, right. he right. knocked you it's, down. It felt like an act. Yes. Yeah. And I think some of the other guys on the team are learning from that, and I think that's brilliant and beautiful, and I think it should keep going. For sure, I got a I got a vibe of like guys. Let's just go out there and just be phenomenal you know citizens of the soccer world and mm-hmm. i and i no no like i it felt it happened so much that i took notice of it right and in my mind i can't help but say oh hey you know guys let's also try to end the game with 11 dudes if that means you got to be a little nicer after the tackle go for it yeah and maybe that's just lesson learned and i'll take it at this point but i thought it felt a little funny i think the only reason marcelo silva does not get a red card tonight mm. is because of his behavior after the elbow to the face of Lodero. Oh, the whole helping him up and stuff? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think if Lodero, you know, fights that one a little harder, we, we you It's know. too late. The ref already pulls the yellow. Yeah, the, yeah. The ref does not want to look stupid and go back and change it sure, to a red. Sure, sure. Well, we, the hands to the face, I mean, we've seen that get I, I still, I still think this could be one of those things where... Uh, we might be looking at additional something. No, I, I no, think he's got be. his yellow. If it, if it was a non anything, I could see that. Yeah, I but, guess yellows are not reviewable. Right, it's it, could, it's after still, the fact. He could still get like a fee though. Mm, I would be shocked. Yeah. That it doesn't being matter. Said, not like it is that pro, matters. so I've been yeah. shocked before. Yeah. You did bring up M Silva. Yes, he didn't finish the game. Yeah, I ended up hobbling off the field. Damn shame. With something that looked like a soft muscle injury to my untrained eye. And I think he was doing really well today. So with M Silva being injured, Demi uh, uh, Holt being uh, injured in the last game against the uh, was that LFC? LFC. 
and Glad still being technically out, even though he is back fully training with the Played team. For the Monarchs, yeah. We're not looking too good at, at starting CBs. How long ago was it that we were talking about the deepest team we've ever had? What week are we in? Fifth? Sixth? Sixth. Six weeks ago. <laughs> deepest team we ever had. And this has been challenged now at least three weeks out of those six. With not having enough players. Injuries in and positions. Reds will do that. Yeah. 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 So, I thought Silva had an incredible game tonight. I, I th- thought so too. I thought he was probably the best, be- the second best player on the field. Mm-hmm. Which is scary. Because the a- best after player. Who? After Nedim? Yeah, after Nedim. Yeah. We-, we talked about that a little bit in the quickie. Yeah. Let's elaborate. So, yeah, I just really hope it was nothing serious. Mm-hmm. Because... Those two together. I mean, I think Silva had the equivalence of a goal today by saving that goal without a penalty. With yeah, that slide. For sure. Um, was that first half or second half? I can't remember. I can't remember. I feel like he actually had two really good... He had, he, he had multiple re- really good plays. Right. But that one slide, I mean, it was just... It was going to be a one-on-one right. if he with, hadn't... Not even with the goalie, with the net. With the Yes, yeah, exactly. So I thought he had a really good game. And it's just... It's a shame. I just... Uh, I think anyone, including Justin Glad, replacing him mm-hmm. or Nedum, obviously at this point, would be a significant step down. Okay, so that kind of answers the question I was going to ask. I ideal clear mental headspace. I know you know Glad was yeah he, he had a weird preseason. Yeah. Um, also a weird end of last regular season. Right. Yes. Uh, Nedum Glad versus Nedum. M. Silva. So preferred pairing. Nedum in your head is a, is a no-brainer. Well, at this point, Nedum is the no-brainer because he's the least injured out of the three so far. Okay, okay. I, I thought we were... Okay, let's... Are we talking with or without injuries? Talking about ideal well, I'm talking about realistic? ideal with a little realism thrown in there, but th- okay, I mean, so it is first our all, podcast. We can do whatever we want. Th- so this is not a, a point I meant to contend. Tell um, you what, Boo Boo. You yeah. make up any scenario in your head and you run with it. All right, Nedum is number one. Okay. You're talking about central backs in this CBs. Uh, Nedum is hands down, no-brainer, number one CB on our roster. You heard it here, folks. Easy. I agree for what it's worth. And the second part is basically we're talking about Glad versus Silva. Mm-hmm. I think it's a no-brainer also at this point. A healthy Silva versus a healthy Glad. I'm starting a healthy silver. Wow. I, I just don't see... And I love Glad. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I love the guy. I love the kid. I just do not see any upsides of playing a Justin Glad over a Silva. He's not much quicker. He's significantly younger. Definitely. He's not quicker. He's not faster. He's definitely not more collected and cool and calm and all those other things. Uh, my ideal central back pairing is Nedum and Silva. However, they have their problems. Well, it's, Seattle kept playing the through ball today. Yeah, they cut us up. Because we don't have the quickness. We have the speed. I think Nedum at full speed can keep up with anyone. Not anyone, but with your average offensive player I was going to say it, our defense are good but overall very slow tonight so yeah. well I agree that they're individually I don't think they're slow they're just not quick I think there's a difference between quickness you keep trying to have this conversation every and week and I refuse speed. to have it 
Yeah, quickness and speed, yes, totally different yes, things. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. Yes. Now our our outside backs are quick and fast. They're just horrible defenders. Right. <laughs> that. I mean, don't know how else to say it. So in my head, a few questions: ideal back pairing is is Nedum uh-huh. and Silva, hands down, no brainer, any day of the week if healthy. Number three, right after them, is a healthy Justin Glad. How right. about you? I mean, yeah, it's. I remember the, the 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 the. It didn't feel like that long ago, but now an eternity, of Justin Glad just being like the man, right? He, that that well, like was halfway it, through last season. Yeah, and the year before. I mean, just a phenomenal oh, yeah, defender. Yeah. Um, you know, and every year everyone's like, "Hey, this guy's got to bulk up a little," and he's a fast dude. It, it's anyone that doesn't think so needs to watch some more of his highlights. Um, no, before you continue, if I may, real quick. You may. Sorry, don't don't mean to interrupt your interrupt thoughts. Interrupt away, boo. Look, I still think he's our CB of the future. And I think the dude's upside is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, for sure, because he's 12. <laughs> and there's this untapped potential. Yes, and and I and I think he's got... What he needs to do is, is get his head right. Right. He has the opportunity to learn from two incredible center backs who have played all over the world, mm-hmm. including one who has captained English teams for years. Right. Sit back, learn. For sure. And get get your head straight because your time is coming. Right. And the meantime, as you get your opportunities, those are bonuses. Right. Take them and run with them. Just get your hat out of your ass, man. I think for what it's worth, uh, the opportunity against... And I'm assuming he's going to be the starter against the Orlando game. He did just play for the Monarchs today. Provided Silva is in too injured to play next week. Which, I, I, even if he isn't, like, full-on, like, out, I would imagine that, you know, strictly precautionary, they're going to rest him. If he's less than 100%. So right. Yeah. If he's not 100 I don't see himself again in the start mm-hmm. because Justin Glad probably is very close to 100 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it'd be a good opportunity for him against Orlando. You know, build some of that confidence, guard yeah. Nani. Um, we'll get into that a little later. Yeah. And and I, I think the fact that we can rotate in and out at this point does feel like a, like a point of depth. Mm-hmm. I know we were kind of saying that sarcastically earlier, but... What is depth if it isn't okay? Your number two guy is hurt. You feel more than comfortable throwing in your number three guy, you know. And and if the rest of the season, you know, we need to have people switching off when they're going to be hurt, I'm fine with that. Just as right. long as not everyone's hurt at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess we'll we'll wait and see. So speaking of the rest of the defense, real quick, mm-hmm. what do you think about our outside backs, Herrera and Len? So I've been I I've been waiting for a good time to bring this up, and right now might as well be it. Um, it, it's a thought I've had for a very long time. I think Lennon and Herrera are individually phenomenal players with tons of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am extremely critical of both of them, especially Herrera, primarily because they're being asked to play out of position. Yeah. And, By the way, nothing you say before the but matters. It, it matters. But <laughs> um, the way Petke wants us to play isn't conducive to their strengths. This whole play it out the back, play it through your fullbacks, get them up there as like second strikers, basically. 
it requires your fullbacks to have a certain level of talent that Herrera and Lennon simply don't have. I, I don't mean to disrespect them. I think that they're capable young men. I think they offer a lot of benefit to this team. The way Petke wants to play doesn't necessarily match with the talent we have at fullbacks right now. It doesn't. Um, Lennon isn't able, he's either unwilling or unable to cover the space he gives, he leaves behind him when he goes into the attack. At this point, it's like, I could exploit it if I was an opposing coach, let alone someone that does it for a living. Um, Herrera's lack of a left foot has hurt us more than once. It has, you know it has, I've given you examples. Um, he, and he's had just straight up some awful games this year that have cost us points. Dunny today on the on the podcast on the the game said something along the lines of uh, you know playing out the back is going to be dangerous and it's I forget the exact language used because I thought it was hilarious like it, he described yeah. it as very much a negative and then went on but it requires courage or it ended with a positive I'm like that's insane the, so we're gonna we have a system that isn't conducive to the talent we have on the field it's actively hurting us at this point but we're gonna stick to it. That's basically what he said. I'm paraphrasing here. He, he was, said it's dangerous and probably not worth it, but we should do it. So he, something along those lines. Donnie, if, if by some miracle you're listening to this, feel free to tweet and correct. Um, I love the guys, but the way we're playing right now, they're not, they're not up to snuff. I'm sorry. What do you think? I think you're absolutely off your rocker and wrong. The way Petke wants to play his outside backs, those two, what I consider offensive-minded defensive players, uh-huh. are the ideal fit. He wants his outside backs. I, I think what Petke is telling us that his outside backs, defensive outside backs, offensive capability is at least as important as their defensive capabilities. Maybe even more. Right, and it's that's dangerous okay but that's still in line with his line of thinking sure so he's saying what i i'm interpreting this i haven't heard him say this right but he wants his wings to basically play like you know um what's his name carlos that played for madrid and 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 barcelona and and uh, madrid for a while you know he he wants his that's how he wants his backs to play right he wants them to be more of a threat on the offensive side and the defensive side. Mm-hmm. And what he did here is he took two offensive players right. and converted them into defensive players. Well, Herrera is a defensive player just on the other side of the field. Right. But he's dangerous on the offensive side. He's very skillful. Mm-hmm. He's more... I would argue Herrera is one of the more skillful outside defensive players in the league just from a pure skill perspective. I, I would agree with that. And Lennon, he's okay. He's not great on the skill set. But he's got the hustle. He's got the speed. He, he's got very decent crosses Yeah. when it, when it comes to them. And I think if I'm Mike Petke, I have to figure out, all right, how much offensive um, talent does someone have to have to overcome their defensive shortcomings? And I would say it needs to be a wash at the very least. Okay. And I think those two guys, whether whether we agree or don't agree with Mike Petke's approach mm-hmm. to the actual game, different story. Sure. 
But I think those two guys execute the plan he has in his head to the T. He wants his backs. That's terrifying. To, he wants his backs to run up and down the lines, make plays, cross the balls in. Um, what's his name? Alexander Kolarov from Roma, mm-hmm. who played for City before that and Napoli, I think, sure. before that, uh, or Lazio. I can't remember. Is the perfect uh, he? We should go recruit him. Uh, yes, yes, right? I'm all for that. But he is a defensive liability on every team he's ever played for. But he keeps playing and sure. starting because his offensive skills mm-hmm. are sufficient right. enough to make up for the lack or the the shortcomings in the back end. I feel like he's playing those two guys the same way. He's not looking for purely defensive players to play defense sure. on the outside. Sure, that's fair. And just as a, as a quick little side note, Roma is currently, I think, sixth uh, or seventh in the Italian uh, domestic table. All right. Colorado now, started for City when they were just running the league all, in England. Here's, okay. here's also really what I want to get at is... I have no problem with conceding defensive space if it means opportunities in the attack. If the plan is, hey, we're going to concede two, but we're going to score three, you're not going to hear me complaining. The problem is the way these guys are playing and the way being asked to play and what I'm seeing on the field, I don't know if they're being asked to do this, is that they get very forward and then our defense on the counter just gets... Hung out to dry. No, that's not their fault. That is their fault. No, They're it's too not. far up. Absolutely There's a, not. There is a right balance between the attack and the fence, and they don't have it. No. Especially Lennon. You don't understand soccer strategy. I understand soccer strategy so, as well as you do. That's why we play two defensive backs. I mean, defensive midfielders. Right, as one when, slides back, and you, you, you essentially have three in the back. You're covering someone in the back. Right. You're changing your formation. So as Brooks goes up, Mm-hmm. The right field. Sure. The right. Near, uh, uh, Everton or Kyle pulls back. Exactly. And then Nedham swings and that's, over. That's how but it's it supposed isn't to work. happening. We're being well, so overloaded. That's a, that's a different thing. So that, that means, that doesn't mean the strategy is wrong. That means the execution of the strategy is wrong. Right. The execution by the players. Right. But not by Brooks Lennon in this case. If I, if I'm Brooks and I'm on the far upright about to cross, I cannot be responsible for what's happening 80 yards behind me. Someone else oh, needs to cover not, that. Oh, it's not necessarily always 80 yards. Sometimes he doesn't even make it past his own uh, half of the field before he gives the gives the ball away. Very okay, gives way. the ball. That's a different thing. Well, no, yes, all of that goes into my so critique of him. So that's a whole him. different thing. Okay. All I'm saying is, so let me ask you this question. Let's, let's just let's just all right. Mm-hmm. Give me your ideal left and right back on our team that we currently have. Yes, of course. Right, Aaron Herrera. Left, Toya. Okay, so you're thinking we're playing one wrong guy and one guy out of position right now. And how much of Toya have you seen? Uh, I think one game now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Toya could have a total implosion. I'm just saying at this point I haven't seen enough currently to say, oh, that's worth protecting or building on. Yeah. I'm saying what I've seen right now isn't doing it. Let's go try something else. And what I have seen of Toya has been very positive. Um, So... I, I think Toya deserves like a start semi-regular until I have a reason not to think that anymore. Um, and I think Herrera is a phenomenal right back. A phenomenal right back. Um, but yeah. I would say before I would do Herrera-Toya, mm-hmm. right-left, respectively, I would try Herrera-Lennon, 
right left. Yeah, that? yeah. If, I mean, if you're gonna play a guy, you know, totally. You're, you're paying. Sure. You're playing at least one guy of the position, right, anyways. Let's, so. let's let's double down on it. That's fair. That's fair. I'd, I'd I'd be open to see what that looks like. I imagine there's a reason we haven't seen that yet. Um, speaking of individual player performances, though, mm-hmm. no Demir serving his red card suspension, and that was so stupid. Yeah, it was a horrible red card. It was a red card, though. Yeah. Oh, totally. Hundred percent red card. Our summation. Stupid. Stupid on the mirror's part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plenty of contact made. Yeah. I'm looking at this game and I'm going. I don't know what difference the mirror would have made. That being said, I usually have that thought, and then he does like a karate kick yeah. under goal, and all of a sudden we're advancing the playoffs. See, I think in his natural position, he wouldn't have made a difference. I think Kyle and Everton did a. Plenty good job. Oh, so you're think you're thinking his natural position is defensive, defensive mid. Yeah. I think he's more of an attacking midfield naturally, but well, to each their own. But he's not taking Albert's spot. Right. Right. Until so Albert he, swings to the left because we subbed out Baird or whatever. Right. Right. I mean, like We've starting a, we, start starting lineup. Sure. I think he wouldn't have made a difference if he had started over Kyle Beckerman or Everton. Mm-hmm. I think he would have actually made a negative difference if he had started over Everton. Right. But we I haven't think, seen that even once this year. Right. But and there's, again, probably a reason for that. Right. If he had started over Sam Johnson up front at number nine, mm-hmm. that would have been sad for multiple reasons because I, I have, you haven't even covered Sam, have you? And we'll, we'll jump into that yeah. next. Um, I thought Sam had a good game, but I, I don't know if he would have made a difference. Right. I really don't. I, I think if he were, well, he's healthy. But if if he were available, Petke would have figured out a way to play him, mm-hmm. and it probably would have been over Sam Johnson tonight. Right, definitely. I, I don't see how Petke could have benched Kyle Beckerman because I think those two are just attached to the hip at this point. Yeah, uh, rightfully so, as they should be. Um, I don't see any any reasonable logical explanation how he could not start Everton who's arguably actually not even that arguably been our best player this year definitely so the logical explanation is he has to play him over Sam Johnson up front and I I mean you never know I think you know Sam we'll get into him in a second I think had his own ups and downs um the game plan probably would have been different if Damir was playing up there. Right. I don't think he would have played like Corey Baird's spot or Savarino's spot. So there's no place for him to go other than number nine right. in this game. For sure. So it would have been a different game. It would have been a slower um, counter-attacking game right. if he had played. Um yeah, I, I do not think. I was thinking about that multiple times during the game. I don't think. Even though he might not have been a bad matchup against someone like a Chad Marshall. Oh, definitely. definitely. Would big be body and yeah. big body. I mean, he's he's much more physical and much bigger than Sam Johnson. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that might not have been a bad matchup. I think he would have he, he could have held his own against... Sam Marshall and it would have been Marshall. interesting. I mean, Chad Marshall. Mm-hmm. What did I say? Sam Marshall. Sam, I meant Sam Johnson. Yeah, because I mean, clearly... I think Sam Johnson held his own against Chad Marshall, but I think um, I, I think the mirror would have 
probably been a, a physically more dominating figure against a marshal. Definitely, definitely, hundred um, percent. I I think pace up front is fine and dandy if you can get the ball moving fast enough. But our cell nation hasn't been able, or our cell hasn't been able to do that regularly. Like every once in a while, we'll have like a good, you know, counter attack going and a and a you know run run a goal, but it's not consistent enough, I think, to really warrant Sam's pace. Right. Um, I didn't like see him running circles around you know Chad Marshall by any stretch of the imagination. So if if we're gonna slow down, at least go you know throw someone up there that can handle that. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I, I don't think Sam was put in a position where he could run circles around people. Well, let, I mean, let's times. let's let's get into Sam Johnson. Okay. Um, I, I, feel, I mean, just to be clear, I I, I think it would have been nice to see the mirror. I think this is a game he could have he, he could have had some of that the mirror magic. I think I think the mirror is also the type of dude that you want on the field when your team concedes a goal. Oh, in, don't make a mistake. The, I I think if the mirror is available to play tonight, mm-hmm. he's playing for sure. The only question is who sits. And I think it's Sam Johnson, it, obviously. It's the absolutely most logical answer. Right. It's or, the, and it's also the one we've seen historically this season. Yes. So it's, it's the yeah. one we know Petke's comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, he has the, like, he's the guy that wills the team back yes. from, from the brink. Let's get into Sam Johnson. Yes. He's got his MLS start. Uh, finally, first ever week six. Mm-hmm. Here we are. All it took was, uh, you know, one well, striker being injured, another striker having a red card. Plata is injured. Bear, or, he wouldn't uh, have. Ca- he's not competing with Plata for a spot. Sure, but yeah. but the fact that we couldn't put anybody on the left to open up this. It, basically, it's is the left spot open? If so, put someone there, then fill in the center spot. I.e. Baird into Plata, uh, Baird not being center. Are we gonna talk about Baird? Baird had Baird had no. We can talk about Baird. I Baird, wasn't planning Baird, on talking about Baird. Baird had no reason playing beyond the first half. But anyways, go ahead. We'll get into, we'll get get into, into Sam Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. What you loved him. A few people on Twitter loved what they saw. I'm still a little uh, on the fence. Right. Talk about what you saw. Talk about what you liked. You know. Talk about what you didn't like. If if. So what I saw from Sam Johnson tonight is the same thing I saw from Sam Johnson in Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii, excuse me. Is activity, action, danger. He was offside, I think, four times tonight. Three or four times. That means he's playing the line. He's playing very, very close to the line. Inzaghi, uh, one of the greatest strikers of all time, I think, still holds the world record for being like offside. Ever because he's always on the line. This was pre-VAR, mm. so a lot of his goals would have been called back. But he there was, you know, right there on the line many, many times. So he, I, uh, what I see from him is activity. That play where he dribbles the ball up has Albert open on the right side, mm. but he takes rightfully, in my opinion, a shot that's like an inch off the, you know, off the post. Is a is a play that that a striker makes. The only other guy on this team that makes that kind of play is Savarino. That's fair. Ninety nine out of a hundred other players pass that ball to Albert Rushton because he's open on the right side. But what you don't understand is that in that case, 
you're opening up yourself for another opportunity to make a mistake with the pass and then depending on what he does with with that ball sure a lot of unknowns so an opportunity he took it and that that's that ego that a number nine has right i i felt like yura had that ego right we've talked about that. and it, it didn't we didn't get along with mike petke very well mm-hmm. I, what i liked from him was every time he touched the ball i felt like he created danger upon the opponent's goal for sure directly or indirectly he looked quick he looked sharp he had he was like i said offside a few times but i do think in part that is a matter of communication and timing if he starts its runs his runs a second later he's not nowhere near but the ball because the defender cuts him off he starts him a second sooner he's offside sure so mm-hmm. we're literally talking about like a split second decision that he has to make when to run to get the ball vice versa there's a split second decision that has to be made by the person passing the ball sure into him it, it takes two it takes two to make a pass and it i just two. i think he's still not aligned with the people passing him the ball sure but it's not like he it's, got here last week he got here just before last week no if you think about it in playing terms he's barely played uh, he's had junk minutes those those count he's had 30 some minutes add minutes. up he had said some there's nothing i said this early in the season i said when we signed sam johnson we need to give him six full games and completely not pay attention to his performance and then look at what he did. Sure. So he still hasn't had a full game. Right. He was subbed in the 69th minute. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, I think the dude has had some solid... He had some solid looks. That that shot with the left foot from way out, that was a masterpiece. And like I said, on a different day, 1-1. One, one. Um, from my opinion, very much a TAM level striker. And I think that's what he really did. A TAM. Targeted okay. allocation mm-hmm. money. It, it's okay. just under DP. Um, and he got that DP slot because we could. And, you know, we'll, we've talked about the summer transfer window coming and how we could essentially buy Sam Johnson down if we wanted to and have an, another DP. Um, so oddly enough, Nick Romando did a little interview with uh, ESPN. Right. Uh, I want to say a few weeks ago. And they asked him, hey, what's the position that RSL needs? And he actually brought up striker as well. Don't read too much into that. It was like a four-minute, like, get-to-know-you kind of thing Yeah. with uh, Hercules Gomez. They probably cut. Sure, but I, I found it was. I thought it was very interesting. I, I think the fact that Sam Johnson got pulled in the 69th minute could be one of two things. Fitness mm-hmm. or a lack of trust on Petke's part or the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. If it's fitness, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I think it's fitness. Because dude's been here. Yeah. He's been here a minute, you know? You train at elevation. You've been with the team. You yeah. You kind of took that slight bump in Hawaii, and we sat you for the first little bit. But you should be ninety minutes ready now. He didn't look tired. He didn't look tired. Okay. I don't think it's fitness, but it could be fitness. Right. I, I don't know one way or another. Right. The second, well, I guess it could also be strategy. But right. The second that I threw out was a lack of trust in Petke. Um. By Petke. By Petke. Mm-hmm. It's. At this point, I think problematic that it requires this many things to happen for Sam Johnson to get on the field. That that doesn't sit well with me. 
That being said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm also not very sensitive to strikers not starting. Because the last time I saw that, we had some dude show up, basically take a fully paid last vacation, yeah. mm-hmm. and then bounce back for yep. Europe. That's, it doesn't bode well with me as an Arsenal fan. Word is, fan. he had some really good coffee while he was here. And drove around. He dr- mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think that first uh, half of the year, mm-hmm. I attended... More RSL matches than Ortuño. He probably spent more time in his Ferrari than on the field. Right. Like, yeah. he did not go to games if he wasn't... Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I liked things I saw from Sam Johnson. I, I did. Mm-hmm. Overall, I wasn't, like, impressed. You know, I, I think there were glimpses of, like, oh, that would have been cool had that gone the right way. But it didn't go the right way. And it didn't go the right way consistently. And 69 minutes isn't a short amount of time. That you know, that's that's most of the game. Mm-hmm. For my seat, I'm I'm already kind of I don't want to say I'm nervous, but I'm definitely mm. paying attention to Sam Johnson's minutes and the kind of and under what circumstances he is getting those minutes. So you missed two very important. So I get it. Health and fitness. Mm-hmm. I think that those are non-issues. Right. We'll agree on that then. Trust by Petke. He started him today. He did. He could have not. Okay. If you don't start Sam Johnson, who's your striker? Baird. Who's your left back? Bofo. Bofo. Okay. He had good options to not start uh, Sam Johnson today if he didn't okay, trust him. Okay, that's fair. So I think I, I would say trust is another issue. Um, the reason he got subbed off could also be two other reasons one is strategy mm-hmm. you touched up on that a little bit maybe he realized you know what chad marshall's having a really good game today we should not have a pure number nine today and we didn't after that substitution we didn't really have a pure number nine it was and it worked out okay yeah the strategy wasn't that bad now the other thing that probably is more likely than the not trust thing or the health and fitness thing is maybe it was just a bad decision. I personally think what the substitution should have been was Baird out, Bofo in, because Baird was invisible. The thing you have to remember about these number nines, and we see this everywhere. Mm-hmm. It happens with Zlatan, it happens with Jaco, it happens with any number nine you can think of. Higuain. They need service. Yeah. Sam Johnson didn't have service today. I d- I disagree. I think we, he I think he had a respectable. No, he didn't. He provided. no, he didn't. He Sam Johnson. The one chance he actually had hmm. was one that's was 50 to 70 percent self created. He got the ball. He had hmm. to dribble and take a shot. He had to like take like four steps max. He created a chance. He was put into a position from where he can create a chance. I think number nine strive and live off chances created. They finish the chances. They don't create the chances. Right. Think Yura. He had a few where he created, but mostly it was just he, he finished the balls that were sent his way. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single time where Sam Johnson had, had an opportunity today from a chance that was created for him. By his outside backs. I think what did not help that situation was the fact that 50% of the outside, I mean, not backs, forwards, wings, 
didn't do a damn thing today. Corey Baird was invisible today. I think Sarino had a phenomenal game. Yes, that's that's the other 50%. Yes, I think 50% had a phenomenal game. The other 50 were invisible. Sure. That's why that substitution made absolutely no freaking sense to me. So keep the 50% that's helping you on there mm-hmm. and substitute the 50% that's not doing anything. So in other words, why is that substitution not a no-brainer substitution of Corey Beard off, Bofo on, and then create chances for Sam Johnson in the middle. So it could have just been a bad decision. It could have been a, a, a tactical change. Sure. Um, I don't know. I didn't like the substitution at all. The first two, I mean, it did, did not look like he was tired or right. out of shape. Right. He, I think he was active. Mm-hmm. I think he was dangerous. Um, I think he can still use tuning up. Right. To connect with the rest of the team. Practice, as Iverson has pointed out. We're talking about practice. Many years ago, is only practice still. Right. There's nothing like game time situations. For sure. And I I, I think even just for that alone, he should have stayed on. He should have been kept on. Mm -hmm. That's why you see number nines, your typical number nines, stay on for 90 plus minutes. Even if they have 89 horrible minutes. Often you will see them win the game at the very end because that is what they do. And I'm not a guy who likes to stroke people's egos too much until stroking the egos becomes beneficial to you. And I think that's what that could be the only position, maybe along with the number 10, but definitely number nine above the number 10, where you just you, you have to suck it up and stroke your ego. I mean, I. I think you're making sweeping generalizations that are usually true, but not always. Uh, I think the one thing you and I will agree about with Sam Johnson is let's get the man 90 minutes consistently. Multiple 90 minutes, yes. I, I think he needs to score an MLS goal. Yes. I, he does. If there's one thing that I believe about Sam Johnson, it's when he gets his first, his second, third, it fourth, and fifth, be, and sixth will follow very quickly. Uh, it could be one of those just floodgates it's opening be up bunches. and going. Uh, yes. That's kind of how his games went pre uh, previous our pre prior to coming to RSL. Um, yeah, a guy that did get uh, his MLS account open today. Mm-hmm. Orlando's Nani. Ah, we're talking about the next game. We're officially now going to mention the fact that Orlando's coming to town. So Nani, Nani is one of those kind of a big deal. Well, Nani is one of those players that I've obviously watched for many years and respected for many years. He won the European Championship, I think, with Portugal recently. Not... Was he on that team? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. The one was. that the team that just won it. Yeah. No way. Google it while I, I keep am. talking. He also was a great player with Manchester United, obviously for many, many years, won a lot of titles there. And now he's one of those players where, about whom I want to extend a genuine thank you to the rest of the league who goes out and signs these big-name players at ridiculous prices and ridiculous ages. Now, some work out, most don't. Ibra, obviously, is an exception. He worked out pretty well and continues to work out pretty well uh but nani is not one of those guys i'm extremely looking forward to seeing 
Yes. Um, I obviously wish him the worst of luck <laughs> while he's here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see him do well. Especially against us. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Just against us. I, I kind of hope he does well against everyone else because I really don't care. But I just don't want to do well against us. And it was the same thing, you know, Ibra. Remember when Ibra came to mm-hmm. uh, Rio Tinto? Pack, packed house. Yeah. 6-1, 6-0. What was the 6-2, I think. Yeah. Um, that's how I like him to go. Yeah, I, I like I like to see those guys. Bring them in. I'm not clapping for them and cheering for them. Say you anything. saw it. Yeah, just let's just let's just just see it in person. It's like you know watching Michael Bolton perform. All right. Before your that's time. A weird example. Um, I don't know who Michael Bolton is. I'm just saying that's a very strange example to use. Because I've been watching uh, what's that show? Um, Arrested Development lately. All right. Well, yeah. the, the, the dude's name is Michael Bolton. Dude, whatever gets you through the day, champ. It's that's his name. Whatever gets you through right. the day. So yeah, um, I'm I'm thankful for the Rolandos of the world, for many things. They fired Kassar. I mean, uh, yes, Jason Christ. Yes, he's he's the national team under something. I think he's doing something now. for Inter now. Oh, is he? I think so. No, it's Javi. Javi is, but I also think he might be. Really? I think so. Huh. Look at Beckham go. I'll look, I'll, look, I'll look at that. Okay. Anyways, did you look up I did. whether he was, he was on... He was in the starting 11 for the final game. Yeah. So, yeah, he was very much a part of the team that won the... Don't, don't, Euro don't... Cup. Okay, man. Yes, your soccer... Side note, side note. Good. Do not question <laughs> no, you've my been, soccer knowledge. You've been wrong just as frequently as you've been No, right. I have not. Yes, what was the last have. thing I was wrong about? I don't keep track because I'm yeah. not a weirdo okay. like that. What was the last thing I was right about? Bro, I know that one because it's literally just yeah. happened. Okay, 1-0 uh-huh. me. You're, okay. you're a strange individual. So, uh, for what it's worth, what's your point? Hundred percent agree. It's gonna be awesome to, you know, it was like uh, like Gerard, like that was genuinely a very exciting moment was to see him come onto the field and, and watch him play. Um, haven't seen Wayne Rooney yet, but I'm sure that will change eventually. So, it's sorry. gonna be exciting to see Nani show up. Let me uh, give me two minutes. Okay. Side note. Do you remember what we did for when we uh, yes. knew that CVG was coming to the We took riot? Uh, wet floor signs. Yeah. And there's I'm sure the EPL is huge. Plenty of people know the story there. But yeah, Steven Gerrard had a hard time staying on his feet there for long stretches of time. And at one point, it, it was cost, one play. It cost them the game, essentially. He had like a sweet opportunity and he just slipped. No. Yes, and no. we went and we had wet floor signs you don't, you don't, and we did. You don't, you don't, you don't know the story, dude. I know, dude. I will pull it up. I, okay. I get, I can see it. Do you I'm know? Do you know why we made fun of Stevie G? Because he slipped. Because slippery when wet. Yeah, but do you know what was on the line when he slipped? I don't. They lost the English. Was it the FA Cup thing? No, the Premier League. I don't think it was that high. Yes, that's what happened. He slipped, lost the ball. Dude took the ball from him, scored. They lost the league on that game. They would have been like Liverpool's first in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I Googled it, and there's a quote from uh, The Guardian. Uh-huh. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it. That's yeah. Steven Gerrard on the slip. Yeah. Steven Gerrard has admitted that he is still haunted by his infamous slip against Chelsea, which effectively yeah. cost Liverpool a first league title for 24 years. Yeah. Damn, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rough. 
Stevie G, I'm sorry, buddy. You didn't even know we were going that deep, did I you? I didn't realize he was. That. I, kn- <laughs> I know that cost him the, the league. Yeah. I knew he slipped, but I know it cost him the game. I didn't realize. No, that was Good it. Times. That was one of those six point games that ended the league. There it is. Effectively. Well, Nani is coming yeah. next weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, another member of Orlando's team, which our Cell Nation is very familiar with, who probably, who probably won't see the way things have been going. Yeah. Danny, Talk good about old that Danny Acosta. So there was a stretch of time when RSL Nation, maybe not entirely, but the majority, mm-hmm. was shocked that Danny Acosta was not starting at left back regularly. So don't use words like the majority. Let's just say many of us. I, I, and a few of my closest friends felt very strongly that Danny should be starting at left back. He, I was in that group, specifically around talent. Yes. Uh, he was not getting the start. There were moments where he wasn't even making the bench. Yeah. It, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't just talent. It was also actual performance. Oh, yeah. The dude knows how to yeah. a carving pass. Every like time no he was business. on the field, he did really well. Absolutely. Um, he didn't get the start pretty regularly. We kind of ended the season without him getting a start. In the offseason, he gets loaned out to Orlando. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal Nation, get ready for this one. They do have the option to buy. So if something happens, is there mm-hmm. is a likelihood Danny's not coming home. Um, since then, it has kind of come out that Danny is maybe not the best guy to work with. In his defense, he's also like 12, and I remember being that age and not necessarily being the most pleasant human being. Mm. Hormones, a lot of stuff going on. So Danny gets... He's not actually 12. Yeah, he's like 20. Yeah. So Danny gets loaned out to Orlando... Orlando City SC, I think is soccer uh, club. I, yeah, I, I actually don't know Orlando's right. full name. He goes out there. I think the first two weeks he starts. Uh, and now I think the last three weeks he hasn't started, nor has he been in their uh, starting, uh, in their, uh, on their bench, in the 18. Huh. He isn't on any injury report that I can track. He there doesn't, there doesn't appear to be anything wrong with him. He's going to practice from what I can tell. Uh, but no Danny Acosta. And now, me being the speculative young man that I am, I'm going, maybe these uh, attitude concerns, if you will, aren't necessarily... I was, you know, I was like, Petke's an idiot for not starting him. This is not a good move. The kid should clearly be starting. Now I'm going, maybe it's... Maybe there's something consistently there. Um, Whatever it is, the kid's got loads of talent. I hope he also gets his head on straight sooner rather than later because I think at this point it could cost him uh, but the fact that he hasn't started or made the 18 in the last three games I find very suspicious I find it interesting that he even made it to the level where he is with the attitude that is presumed of him right I mean it, some of this is it, it kind of sounds like he maybe read one too many of his own press releases yes like, I'm sure when you use an academy kid, no one thinks you're the shit as an academy kid. All of a sudden, you log on MLS Soccer and your face is staring back at you. Yes. And people are talking about how, like, you know, you're the future left back for the U.S. Men's National Team. You're going to take notice of that. Yeah. It's going to grab your attention. So that, that that's the most important part. So this is, I think, in general, when it comes to professional athletes, mm-hmm. and I've I've done some research, well, I've not research. I've done some reading in newspapers about this, about NBA players. And think about it this way. 
the worst NBA player in the league right now was probably for the vast majority of their life prior to their NBA career, the best player on their team. Sure. So they were probably the best player on their um, junior NBA team, their middle school team, definitely the high school team, and their college team. There are exceptions. It depends on which college, but yeah. Well, there are exceptions, yeah. There are very few colleges who have multiple NBA players picked into the NBA every year. You know, you have your... You know, Kansas's and your Dukes and your UNC's, yeah. Um, but it's less than one percent of college athletes who make it professional, right? So just do the math there. So I was a high school soccer player, living the dream. I was living the dream, bro. Public Head. high school in Utah. Head full of hair. Yeah, I was already starting to go away. Not high school. Yeah, it was. Not visibly, but it was. And even then, like I was, I wasn't like, I don't think I was the best player. Maybe I was. That's not the point. But even then, like you, you weren't. You're in the upper echelon in your team, and you like your head gets into the clouds. That's high school, right? Now imagine being good enough to then get a scholarship and go to a major college. And now you're a full scholarship athlete at a college. And everyone's kissing your ass. I mean, you're the star. No one talks back to you. Coaches make special accommodations for you. And then you go into the league. And now you're being paid a lot of money. And you're a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. I don't know how most of these guys are able to keep it together as is. So... I think cases like Danny's, where a guy has a history and obviously loads of talent, I'm more surprised that they're not more common. Or maybe they are, but right. we're not witnessing them. We just see the ones that... Hit close to home. Very, hit close to home, yes. And what about all the other guys that get to the academy, but never actually play? Right. Or succeed? Or the ones to get to the Monarchs, but never actually succeed. At least enough to make it to the first team. Sure. And then maybe they make it to the first team. It's a cruel, cruel But cruel never game. even, never break into like a starting 11 sure. or a backup role. Yeah. And Danny is just one of those guys that despite, I think, some of those mental setbacks mm -hmm. that, that he's probably not in the minority of, he's probably in the majority of people. The, I, I think the vast majority of us would react closer the way he's reacting, which is, I am the shit. Yeah. Than being humble about it. Sure. Like, I don't even know how people like LeBron James and, and, and you know, Carl Beckerman and Nick Romano do it. Keep a level head? Yeah, how? How do you do it? Sure. And, and I can tell you, because I'm going to go to work Monday morning and right. go be an analyst. I would uh, love to give it a try and, and report know, back sure, on it. Sure, yeah, I'll let you know what my findings are when I go pro as an analyst. Well, I guess I am a professional. You are a professional. That one, that one hurt. Um, no, it, it's, I, I mean, it's at this point, I think, 
I mostly brought that up as a story yeah. to to maybe connect some some missing dots in some but of our salvation's heads. It's an interesting human story for sure, and and I think it's one we'll probably see more of as more Academy products become bigger yeah. deals as the Academy grows. Um, I think it's also worth noting that Danny. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that like he was raised by RSL, but Danny is very much an Academy product, right? right. Like he got like beginning to end RSL. Yes. Um, so Toya, there is something to be said about if we're going to lean into the Academy, we need to have a way to fix that problem, right? Um, because well, I think I, mean, I think it's gonna happen. I I think, and and here's the thing. It isn't the coaching staff's jobs to be these kids' dads. That's not what I'm saying. But at some point, you got to say, "Hey, I also got to. I'm kind of responsible for the human side here, and 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 creating, especially as you're turning children into adults who may or may not be yeah. professional athletes. For some of them, like it'll happen. We need to be able to deal with this the next time it happens better, yeah. because the option to just bench them isn't. No, I I, dis- I, I I disagree that it's not their jobs to act play the it's role. It's not their of, primary of, job of mommy or daddy. It is part. I mean, they, they have to. They they are also responsible t- for turning them into responsible adults. Right. And I don't think we need to overreact over a case like Danny. Sure. For for what it's worth, we met him once. Fantastic young man. Yeah. Super polite. Super nice. Stopped for a photo. Yeah. Totally respectable. Right. I don't. I'm, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's be very clear about that. I, we. I. Looking back, I kind of made it sound like Danny was just like. Yeah. Kid like smoking on the field, you know. Yeah, you made it sound like a class. snob. Right. Right. That's not like Danny had professional. Yeah. Differences from his leadership. It wasn't like he was like going out and just being a dick to his team. Yeah. That's a very important distinction. I'm glad it's what you made. And I haven't even I haven't heard from his fellow players. On what what yeah. their thoughts about him sure. is, which which also indicates level of professionalism of his peers. Peers, yes. definitely. So, um, but, but but okay. So let's get over Danny for a second. Orlando, how you feeling about Orlando? They just beat Colorado four three. Yeah, it that did, was an it, exciting game. It was a lot of back and forth. Um, it did require a little bit of late magic on Orlando's part. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a PK in like the yeah ninety something. Uh, but that's what Orlando does. Orlando is is we talked about them a little earlier before we got on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that shortens podcast to pod. Um, the cast, the cast, brah. <laughs> uh, and we talked about that one game where we were like up two nil. Yeah, through like ninety minutes, and then the game I will ended never two ever forget that game. That's like that's still how I see them. They've hit some hard times. You know they're. They've kind of imploded. Plenty of talent on the field. Dwyer, uh, the dude that used to play for New York, Sam uh, Kleshton, I think. Don't yeah, quote me on the Kleshton. same part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dom Dwyer. I mean, if there isn't a single RSL fan that doesn't have feelings about Dom Dwyer. Uh, you mean like the fact that he's a douche or what? That's the fact. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm worried about Orlando coming to town. I think they can be dangerous, especially in the attack. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they're also... They strike me as a team that's going to give you a lot of goals. Right. And I'm hoping that, A, they can be the guys that we just go and just 
you know, put four, five, six on. Yeah. And then use that as a springboard into the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't, th- I, I, I don't think that they're going to be those dudes. You don't see it? No. For you, what it's worth. Are you pulling up their record? Well, no, I'm, I'm, they're fifth in the East right now. Mm-hmm. They just beat um, uh, Colorado. Right. 4-3. Before that, they lost to D.C. Mm-hmm. 1-2. Before that, they beat... The Red Bulls, 1-0. That's always impressive. Um, lost to Montreal, 3-1. Tied Chicago, 1-1. And I think they opened the season with a 2-2 tie against NYCFC. Yep. So, they're obviously all over the place. Yeah. But so are we. Definitely. I think this is... We're playing at Rio Tinto. We are at home. We did some mathematics not too long ago. And what we said or discovered is that we can literally get zero points on the road if we win all of our home games. Right. And we've already, we're already down a home game. And before you get there, <laughs> and comfortably make the playoffs uh-huh. in a decent position. Probably win the Supporters' Shield. No. It was like 60-some-odd points. Yes, that's not that. That wouldn't mean No. It was 34 games, 17 at home, 17 times 3 is 30, 21, 51 points. Okay. That gets you into the playoffs, not a supporter shield. Right. So make the playoffs with winning all home games and losing all away games. We obviously already lost one uh, home game, so that means we have to make up three points on the road somewhere. Right. We made up one in Houston, so we we're we're two points behind where we have to be to make the playoffs. I'm gonna this, I'm gonna make this a thing. This is gonna be a mathematical thing that that we're gonna start tracking. Wow! So with the recent negative results, mm-hmm. I think we have lost what four in a row now. Yes, that's so sad. I believe Saturday at home hosting Orlando becomes a must-win game. We're only seven games in. This is the first must-win game of the year. What happens if we don't? (laughs) We're three points poorer, and we probably start falling behind the pack in the West to a significant amount. Um, If, I mean... What happens if you lose any must-win game? You're just in a much, much worse situation. Well, no, there than are some must-win games where if you lose, you're out of the tournament, or right? So that, that, play. that, that that's playoffs and such. I think if we do not get three points at home against Orlando next Saturday, mm-hmm. in my opinion, personally, our chances of having a successful season. Will drastically drop. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm not gonna go and say like we're out of the playoffs. Or... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think it's like a must win. I think it's it it's at home. Let's go get some three points. We're lacking points. Uh, San Jose beat Portland tonight three nil, uh, and they're right behind us. So right now we are eighth in the standings, and it's never too early. All right. Let me. Let's, let's. Yes. You correct and incorrect. No, I'm not. There's, I just ended it. You're correct. So you're correct in it's never too early to look at standings. Okay. But let me say why you're incorrect. 
this game has nothing to do with the standings. Of course it does. No. San Jose's on or behind. This game has to do with a much deeper subject, which is fans, attitude, mentality, and belief. Expectation. Yeah. That's fair. Can you... I mean, if he... After next Saturday, we will be seven games into the season. Mm-hmm. And we lose five of those seven? Right. That's bad. It's not good. Oh, it's beyond not good. Yeah. But we win that game. We get three points. Regardless of what the standings are, there's there's good momentum sure. going forward. I think that's more important than the actual reality on the ground of points and, and standings and such. We just have to... I think it's a must-win game. It's a must-win game to get the fans back on the team side. Yeah, I, I don't think the the scenario is quite like, hey, we've all abandoned ship and it's sinking. But but I think you're right. For, from an energy, momentum, kind of let's, let's right the ship perspective, it seems like a very good opportunity to take those first steps. I'll give you that. Uh-huh. I'll give you that. Okay, leave it at that. I think we, I think we gave Arsenal Nation quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit to chew on over the, the coming the, week. There's, there's plenty of hot sauce on this here, on this here taco. They're probably hearing it on Tuesday, ish. Hopefully, um, should be Tuesday. And then we'll talk to them again after the, uh, after the Orlando game on Saturday. Yeah, we'll Arsenal prob- Nation. We'll probably like talk to them quite literally right after the game. It's because we love you. It's because we love you. All right, folks, take us out, Bakir. It it was pretty. We done good. Goodbye. Bye.